This is the Evangelical Church of Bermuda's weekly sermon podcast. Thank you for joining us. Here is this week's sermon. Morning, church. Scripture reading this morning is Proverbs 2 from the English Standard Version. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding. If you seek for it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and finding the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. And he stores up sound wisdom for the upright and he's a shield for those who walk in integrity guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come from your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from the men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil. Men whose paths are crooked and who, who are devious in their ways. So you'll be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of, God, of her God. For her house sinks down to earth and her paths to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. So will you walk in the ways of, of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land, and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray together. Dear God, I just thank you for each and every person that has come out today and um, the heart that they have to, to serve you, God. And I just pray as this passage talks about that we would heed wisdom, God, and um, the pride that swells up within us would be um, dissipated, God. I just pray that, um, as you say, that we wouldn't be just hearers of the word, God, but doers also. Um, that you would just um, r- remind us of the verse in Timothy that you say, you didn't give us a spirit of timidity, God, but one of power, love, and peace of mind, God. So I just pray that over um, this congregation today, God, as they go out into the world, that you would really remind them that the wisdom Um, of the world comes from you, God, and um, you are the true source of wisdom. Uh, I just pray as Paul comes up to speak that you give him uh, wisdom and strength as he preaches your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Andrew. Let's get ready now to look into the word of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 2. Pray with me one more time, church. Father, we are, we are mindful that this life can throw a lot at us. And we often don't know what to do with it. As, as was sung, sometimes all we can say is hallelujah because you're on the throne. You're in control. You know the beginning from the end. 
and you have your purpose, your good purpose, especially for those who are, who are called by you, who love you. And so, Father, meet each person and their need. Lord, we pray for those who, who are sick, those who are, who are struggling with, with difficulties, anxieties, depressions. Father, would you meet each in their, in their need right now? And thank you for everyone who has, who has made that effort to, to come here and sit under the authority of the word of God. May they receive the blessing from it. Help us, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Do you have a collection? Or maybe you had a collection in the past. The, the variety of collectibles seems to be as numerous as the stars in the sky. Dolls, games, coins, stamps, comic books, baseball cards, rocks, plates. I never understood that one. Fridge magnets. <laughs> you, you could really throw out anything. Hot sauce. <laughs> the list goes on and on. As, as a child, I was partial to Star Wars action figures. I had a couple of uh, cases in the shape of Darth Vader that I always put them back in after play. I kind of wish I never played with them. I kind of wish I never took them out of the packaging. I'm sure I could sell them today and retire. <laughs> that just kind of reminds me too, some collectibles are extremely valuable. Right, if you had like a Babe Ruth baseball card, that's worth a pretty penny. But some, some really aren't at all. They're, they're really worthless. It's only in the eye of the beholder. And then when they're gone from this life, oftentimes those collections just go to the wayside. Nobody's quite interested in them because they don't see the value that the others saw. Today's poem the second from Solomon to his son, is the exhortation to acquire or collect the treasure of wisdom, which is also an exhortation to acquire the Lord because he is the beginning of wisdom, as we learned right at the beginning of this book called Proverbs. I'm not going to break up the poem into its four parts for you this week. I hope you remember what they were. Exhortation, reason, lesson, conclusion. I'll let you, I'll let you do that on your own. It's a little more tricky, but I think you can do it. This week we'll look at three points revolving around the idea of treasuring. The treasure we can have the value of the treasure, and the effect of the treasure. The treasure we can have, the value of the treasure, the effect of the treasure. 
Okay, let's look at the treasure we can have. The, the treasure that, that we can have is the greatest of all treasures, and it's, when we really consider it, it's quite incomprehensible. The, the treasure we can have is God himself. And an understanding of the very words, his very words, the understanding of his very words, which is the Bible. Now, you might be asking, how did I get that? How did I draw that conclusion? I'm glad you asked. The first part of this poem consists of an, an if-then statement. Let, let me read it to you in, in verses 1 to 5, and then I'll skip down to verse 9. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for wisdom and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find, find the knowledge of God. Verse 9. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. So Solomon is the God-fearing king of the United Kingdom of Israel. Right? He knows the law of God because every king was required to know it. He knows that he is to teach his children the laws of God continually. Right? That, that was basic practice for a Hebrew. You can read all about it in Deuteronomy 6. So Solomon's words are God's words in the way that he is speaking here. Kind of reminds me of uh, the, the importance of, of parents and their responsibility to speak God's words into the lives of their children. Further, the, the created order in the home puts the parents as the authority. Right? This is the loving, th this is for the loving protection and, and nurturing of that child. So that is why a, a rejection or disobedience toward your authority is a big deal. If a child cannot receive the words of their parents, they are showing that they cannot receive the words of God. Because if they cannot receive the words of a lesser authority, how will they receive the words of a greater authority? Notice how the exhortation starts off quite simple. Right? If you receive my words. And then, and then it grows. The progression gets stronger. It, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures. See, nobody just begins to treasure their parents' words. Or God's words. There, there's a starting place of just receiving those words. Much, much like collectibles. You just, you kind of start off with one or two of these things, and then all of a sudden, you know, you get a few more and a few more, and, it, and then you, what do you, you end up with a whole bunch of it. 
then you start searching out for it. Your eye is tuned for it everywhere you go. That's the idea here. Let's follow the progression in the text. First, we receive the words. Right? That's, that's passive acceptance. Nothing, nothing much is required of you except to listen. Then we can treasure them. Okay, that, that has the idea of, of storing up. Memorizing. That's, that's, that's now more active. We're taking now a more active role. Right? Receiving them is good, but having them memorized is better because, well, we're able to recall them when needed. If you've never done so, I would encourage you to memorize some verses or some passages of Scripture. And if, if you don't know where to start, consider an area of life you are struggling with. Find a verse or a passage that speaks to that struggle or encourages you in it and memorize it. And I can tell you by personal experience, it is most helpful. And, and, and you, don't, you don't have to cram for it. In fact, I find that the best way to memorize is just to, just to say it every day. You say it every day, and pretty soon you don't need to look at the words. We, we, we will naturally memorize stuff when we look at it and say it long enough. Let's continue on with the progression. In, in verse 2, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Right? That's, that's changing your disposition now from sort of that passive you know, re reception. This is the difference between, uh, if we could sort of give an example, between listening to a sermon and engaging with a sermon. Right? Listening just involves your presence. That's it. Engaging involves your presence too, but also your desire to, to focus in and get the most out of it. That might involve taking notes or underlining in your Bible or perhaps just disabling the notifications on your phone. Now the progression shifts from a focused attention to an aggressive pursuit. In verse 3, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding. Right? This, this is a picture of the son now, not the father coming to the son, but the son going to the father and asking for counsel. He's, he's not waiting to receive it. He's going and looking for it. Boy, if you're a parent, that's, that's what you want, right? Finally, the progression ends in verse 4. If you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures. To find silver or hidden treasures takes work. It's not easy. It's, it's, 
you, you know, when I, when I thought of silver, you know, I, I kind of thought of that, um, that Olympic athlete putting their all in to their sport, doing that disciplined training day in and day out because they're trying to get that treasure at the end, that, that medal that will hang around their neck. Right? It's, it's an active pursuit because we know the value of it. We know what we'll get in the end. Now listen to what's at the end of this progression. This, these are the then statements. Verse 5 and 9. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. So verse 5 tells us of the first result of this progression toward acquiring wisdom that we will understand the fear of the Lord. This goes back to what we said earlier. A, a child listening to a godly parent is going to come to know the God of that parent. If Solomon's words here are likened to God's words, and I believe they are, then God's word the Bible, leads us to God. The, the, the great pursuit of wisdom begins with God and, and leads us to a deeper understanding of God, the knowledge of God, as the text says. And this is, this is great news because if we have God, we can have everything we need for this life and the life to come. Verse 9 tells us of the second result of this progression toward acquiring wisdom. And that's how to live in God's world. This is my father's world, not mine. We can sum it up like this. We, we need God to live in God's world, so pursue God. There are so many other things to pursue in life, but none of them are more important than God. And he is found in the Bible, and he is most clearly seen through the character and actions of Jesus of Nazareth. And, and let me tell you that he is not perhaps who you think he is. He's not a cosmic killjoy looking to keep you under his thumb. He is the one who loves you with a never-ending, never-changing love that wants to give you freedom and abundant life if, if, you make him your treasure, if you make him your pursuit. That's the treasure we can have. That sounds really good. Let's look at the value of the treasure. What, what advantage do we get with this treasure? 
I, I can sum it up in two words. Protection and personal. Protection, verse 7 and 8. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Did you notice the protective words there? Right? He stores up sound wisdom, right? Something that's sound is something that's sure and secure. He is a shield. He guards the path. He watches over. Right? All, all protective words. So the flow of logic goes like this. If we pursue the Lord through his word, we receive wisdom. If we live in that wisdom, it brings protection to our life. Now that doesn't mean that we're immune from anything bad. Okay, don't misunderstand me there. That's, that's false teaching. It does mean, though, that we have the general steps to take in life that we would not have known on our own. Wouldn't it be great to, to have that knowledge before you walk into the situation? How many times in life have we, have we done something and then said, if I only knew what I knew now, I would never have done that. This, this, is, this is what having God as our treasure, our pursuit, does for us. It helps us to take the best possible steps in life, all things being equal. The watching and guarding words show up again in verse 11. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. But notice this time, though, it's personal. It's personal. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. Right? It gets personal because wisdom becomes personal. It, it enters us and changes us. Remember, God is the origin of true wisdom. So true wisdom entering us is God entering us? Verse 10. For wisdom will come into your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Isn't that amazing? When, when we honestly seek wisdom, it leads to God. And once we have found God, he enters our hearts, he indwells us. And we are led down the path that makes us truly wise. Because we're being led by God. This is, this is a, a gospel picture. When, when we put our trust in Jesus Christ, who made a way through his death on the cross for us to be united with God, God enters our heart and makes us new, and gives us the understanding through his word to know how to live as he intended, which brings us the greatest joy. That's, that's the ancient and true gospel. 
the modern and false gospel is that we all need to find that treasure within us. Right? So in order to find that treasure of wisdom, you need to look within. In order to see what is true and real, and when we find it, we need to embrace it. Even if it goes against obvious external factors because that gospel, that modern false gospel says only that will bring you joy. Only that will lead you down the right path. A good example of this modern gospel being preached can be seen by looking up the lyrics to the Disney song, Let It Go, from the Frozen movie. Or I should say the movie Frozen. Or if you have a daughter or granddaughter, just have them sing it to you. They probably know it by heart. Elsa's secret is out about her powers, and now she is seen as a threat. So she runs away and sings this song on the top of a frozen mountain. She has left all the expectations of everyone else about who she is supposed to be. Right, let it go, let it go. Not gonna hold it anymore. And she embraces her inner self. The, the, the irony is that she becomes alone in, and imprisoned in a knight's castle. She imprisons herself. She, she needs something outside of her to rescue her. See, we, we can never look within to find true purpose and meaning because, well, it, it's impossible for two reasons. First, th there's always going to be some social construct that will guide you into whatever direction the pop culture is going. You may think it's just truly coming from you inside, but there, there are influence external that, that are pushing you and leading you. Just think of what is socially acceptable today and what was socially acceptable, I don't know, 100 years ago. Okay, people, people don't change, but the cultural construct changes. And that's truly the thing that controls. Secondly, we are always in need of validation of our chosen way of life, and we're never gonna get enough of it no matter how hard we try. You see, we need something external to ourselves and to pop culture, and, and, that is, and that something is a someone, Jesus Christ. He, he gets personal with us by coming into our heart through our trust of who he is and his rescuing work for us on the cross. 
See, he can provide the protection we need in this life because, because he changes our affections, as it says in the second part of verse 10. Right? Knowledge from him will be pleasant to your soul. See, Jesus is all the validation we need because he becomes our deepest affection, our greatest treasure. Here's the wonderful thing. Our, our affection for him can never grow larger than his affection to us. We are, we are secure in his unconditional love for us. And that provides the ultimate validation we need because it's not dependent upon our successes or failures or whatever we try to pull out from inside of us to, to define us. See, that's the value of the treasure. Now let's look at the last point. The effect of the treasure. What, what, does, what does it do for us? The effect of the treasure is deliverance. Deliverance. Look at it with me in verse, verses 12 through 15. Delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech, who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. This here in 12 to 15 is us without God. This is, this is, this is not waiting down the road for, for us. This is us without God right now. I know that seems hard to believe looking at this, but, but let me help by asking a question. Do you think the most evil, distorted, dark people of history thought of themselves in the way that verses 12 to 15 describe them? I don't think so. And I would dare to say that most, I would dare to say that most of them thought of themselves as good, innovators. Or even if they thought maybe some of the stuff they did was bad, they justified those actions for some greater good. If that is true for the most evil people, who do the most heinous things, how much more would that be true for us who do lesser things? If, if you don't believe me, ponder these personal questions. How many times have you justified your bad actions? Your actions that you know were wrong, but, but you ended up talking yourself out of out of. Out of you know, saying they were wrong, or at least why you did them, justified. Or have you ever gloried in someone else's misfortune? 
because you were, you were jealous of them or maybe you just plain didn't like them. Proverbs reminds us in chapter 14, verse 12, there is a way that seems right to a man. It seems right, but its end is the way to death. That's, that's the way without God. So we need this deliverance because we are sinking on our own without God. What a good reminder of how much we need God. We need him every hour. Then we have another deliverance listed in verse 16. The word comes up twice. So you will be delivered from the, for, the forbidding woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words. Now, this is not a different deliverance. From the, from the last one with, that we just read. The first one is not from evil men and the second one here from evil women. This here is Lady Folly. Remember we talked about her a couple weeks ago? She's the personification of foolishness. This is her first brief appearance. She's painted as an adulteress with smooth words. Right? She, she is unfaithful to her first love. She forgets God. Choosing her or knowing her in the biblical sense, right? becoming one with her, leads away from life toward death. This is just painting the picture of what it looks like to choose Lady Folly over Lady Wisdom. See, adultery is the distortion of the most intimate, intimate of human relationships, marriage. It ignores the covenant and embraces the inner feelings and emotions those trump everything external. So too, when we choose to look inward for wisdom instead of outward to God, we enter into a distortion of what is good and satisfying and blessed. It's really, it's distorted. It's really evil, unsatisfying, and cursed. See, there's, there's only two ways to life. There, there are not a variety of ways with their pros and cons. There is the pursuit of the treasure of God, which is wisdom, true wisdom, or the pursuit of what we or others think is best. Keeping God away which is folly, which is folly. How much is God influencing your life 
Isn't that a good question to ask? I think it's a question we, we all need to ask. And perhaps even asking one another in love. Wisdom brings blessing. Folly brings curse. There is no middle ground with Jesus. And he affirms this. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let us pray. Father, this is, is quite the countercultural topic that we have looked at this morning. But Father, we pray that you would give us not only ears to hear, but hearts to understand. And thank you that we're not left on our own to do this. If we have Christ Jesus, our Lord, you have indwelt us so that we can walk in a newness of life that brings blessing. But Father, for those that are outside of Christ, who truly don't know him as, as their greatest treasure, I pray that they would he would make that decision to begin to actively pursue him. And thank you, Lord, that those who seek you will find you. It's as simple as calling upon the name of the Lord to be saved. And may they start their true pursuit of wisdom. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information, check out our website at ecb.bm. Join us again next week for our next podcast.